Okay, so today we're learning Daf Kaf Dalid, am I right? Yeah, Kaf Dalid, right? Yeah. And we are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten lines from the top of the Amul, where it says, Amar Bihudamar Avimi. Right, because it says, if the majority of the area is, in other words, if you, we're talking again about um, areas that are mukaf ledira, which means that they are, uh, they are um, uh, surrounded, they're enclosed, but the enclosure is, uh, is uh, not ledira, it's for other purposes other than dwelling. So just like a garden, a field, even though it's enclosed. So there you have a maximum quantity of the betzatayim, the 70 and two-thirds amot square that you're allowed to enclose and still call that a rishut Now, it said if you have trees, though, if it's trees in the backyard, so that's okay because trees don't, in other words, if you planted the majority of the area, so you're already saying it's a field. That's what we said yesterday. But if you plant trees, that's like creating a grove of trees. You know, people go to walk in, a, let's say, a botanical garden type of situation. That's different because that's made for people to spend time there and enjoy the scenery. It's not for the purpose of planting and growing vegetables or something like that. Because that, that's the distinction that they're making. So Rabbi Yudas's name it's That's only if you make it like in an orderly way, right? So Rashi says it has to be na'ila shevicham. In other words, you make it like a grove of trees. It's like a it's like a park that people come and they sit and they enjoy it. You know, that's the that's the idea. But if it's just trees all over, so that that then looks like an orchard. An orchard is the same as any other field. That's what he's trying to say. He's saying that's not a place for people to hang out. Rav Nachman says it. No, even though you didn't make it in an orderly way. Trees are different. We consider trees something that don't contradict. In other words, you would never have in the same place an area for you to stroll that you're also growing grain. You'd never have that because people will trample on the grain and they will ruin it. But trees coexist with people, you know, areas that people like to enjoy spending time. And so therefore, even if they're not in an orderly fashion, according to Rav Nachman, it still doesn't contradict that it's asuil dirah. It's still made for people to live there. So Mor Yehuda came to the house of Rav Bar Yehuda and he saw that there was, there was an area that was enclosed and it was kind of like a park, but it had trees that were, uh, the majority was taken up by trees, but uh, they were not in an orderly fashion, and yet they were still carrying in there. And Amar said to him, doesn't the master hold? He's talking to Rav Hunabar Yehuda, Lehad Avimi. Don't you agree with Avimi that said that the only time that you could say that these trees are not contradictory to the idea of a dwelling area is when they're in an orderly fashion? He said, No. I hold like Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman said that it doesn't have to be or- organized. It could even be that the trees are randomly placed and the majority of the space could even be taken up by trees. But the fact is that sometimes you'll have a space which is for people to stroll around and sit and all that and has trees all over and that's okay. I'm Rav Nachman. Let's say you have an area which is one of these karpefot, uh, which is, means an area that is enclosed that's very large, it's more than bitsa time, so it's more than 70 and two-thirds amot square, and you want to be able to make it now hukaf Originally, it was made not for uh, people to spend time in there. Whatever it was made for, it was a field, it was something else. 
Now you want to make it for people to, uh, uh, to use. You want to change the status of it. And then once you change the status, actually, the, the, that maximum size is no longer applicable because that maximum size is only when it's not for human beings to spend time. But let's say you want to repurpose it. So can you just go and wave a wand and say, from now on, this is a re- officially a place for people to uh, spend time. You can't do that. So what do you do? So you have to make a hole in the wall that is more than 10 amots because that effectively breaks the wall. In other words, you have to rebuild it, but you don't have to take down the entire wall. What do you do? You just break down 10 amot, and then you refix it. And then it'll be okay. In other words, when it's broken, the point is you have to halachically destroy the mechitzat. Halachically destroy the wall means that there's a gap of more than 10 amot. If there's more than, more than up to 10 amot, we say a gap is not a gap. It's still considered enclosed. More than 10 amot, with there's no tzuata petach, we're saying, that more than 10 amot, there's no tzuata petach, so then it is considered broken. The enclosure is broken. It's not enclosed anymore. So what, what, what Rav Nachan is saying is if you break down the wall so that it is no longer halachically a wall and then you rebuild it, so you've basically um, re-enclosed the area. And before, when it was originally enclosed, it was enclosed to be a field. Now you want it to be a park for people to spend time in and sit there and uh, take naps in the hammock or whatever they do. Okay, so you, you now re-enclosed it, but you can't just declare it. You have to break the wall and rebuild it. Okay, in order, it's like, it's similar, not the same, but similar to, let's say, uh, uh, sukkah, the halachav sukkah, is you're not allowed to sit in sukkah, let's say in Israel, on Shemini Yatzeret. Here we do. But in Israel, you're not allowed to because it's baltosif, you're adding a day of the mitzvah. But what if it's beautiful weather and you want to sit in sukkah? So the halacha is that Erev Shemini Yatzeret, you have to break the sukkah. Make it that the sukkah is not valid. So then it's, you can't just say, I don't want to do it for the mitzvah sukkah. You have to do something to change it. So here what he's saying is, break the wall down and rebuild the wall. So then the question becomes like this, that would be a big deal to break down an entire 10 amot plus of the wall, 11 amot of the wall, and then rebuild it. You don't want to hire a contractor for that. Too much, too much work. What if you want to do this? Break one amah and rebuild that. Break the next amah. Rebuild that. It's more of a do-it-yourself type of a job. It's a little more manageable. You break down one amah and replace it at a time until you get to 11 amot. Why not that? So that way, in total, you get more than 10. In other words, you did one at a time. But there was never, the point is, there was never a moment where actually that mechitza was broken, was officially broken, because it's only officially broken when there's more than 10 amot of a breach. So at any given time, there was only one amah of a breach. But the thing was, if you, you took a part of an amah out and you put it back, you took another one and you put it back. And what's the whole idea here? The whole idea here is to say that I re-enclosed it. I enclosed it anew with a new intention, right? That's the whole idea. So th- does it have to be that you actually broke the original enclosure and there was a moment where it was actually breached? Because if that's what you need, well, you never did that because you kept replacing one amah at a time, you replaced so there was never a total replacement of, there was never a totally open space there. However, on the other hand, you could argue that the whole idea is just to have a new enclosure. And effectively, you put a new enclosure of 10 amot because you did it one piece at a time. So even though you never had a time where the wall was breached fully because you kept replacing panels one at a time, one after the other, you, did ha- you do have new panels. You do have new pieces of wood or whatever. That's the question. Huh? Well, you don't ever replace a fence? No, but that's You can always make it firewood, make it uh, something else. Maybe they use the same 
You can make something else. Yeah, you could also do that. Yeah, you could use the same. It doesn't say you can't use the same materials, but probably you put in new. Why not? Anyway, isn't this the same thing that we've learned elsewhere in the Mishnah? We've actually learned this before, come across this before uh, a couple times, which is, um, uh, we've already seen in Masechet Shabbat and also in Masechet Bechot that came up, which is that if you have kelim, if you have vessels of balei batim, balei batim is just a regular person's vessel that they put stuff in, they, they put food in, okay? Shiran kirimoni. Remember, in order for something to become tamay, it has to be a functional kli. Functional. When does it lose its function? When it has a hole in it. How big of a hole does it have to be in order to say that it's, you're going to throw it in the trash? We said, if it's kizetim, if it's the size of a zayit, the size of an olive, you'll still save it for bigger things. If it has a little, a little hole, you could still put big fruit in there. There's no problem. But if it has kirimon already, a hole the size of a pomegranate, there's nothing you can put in there, it's going to fall through. Right? So that's why it says kirimoni. Now here's the, so if a kli was tamay and you wanted to get the tum'ah off of it, you could punch a hole in it the size of a rimon. And then even if you refurbish it afterwards, it's like a new vessel because you made it, uh, made it invalid. Well, right? So, <clears throat> how many things are there then? That was the measurement. I don't know. That's, uh, you, could, you could always imagine bigger. Why don't they do an elephant size? I don't know. Right? But then the question was this. And Chizkiah asked one question. Nikav right? If the person made it, now this is the same case as our case, right? In other words, you made a small hole of a zayit, and then you filled it. Right? Then you made another small hole. And then you made another hole, but you closed it up. Right? In other words, if he had made all those holes at the same time, it would have been the size of a rimon. But what he did was he made a small hole and filled it. Another small hole and filled it. Another small hole and filled it. So if you take sachakol, you took the, the to sum total of all of the holes that he made, it would be rimon. But on the other hand, at any one time, right? It's like if some, if you get a hip replacement and another hip replacement, and then you get another organ replaced, another thing. By the end of the time, you're bionic man. You know the bionic man. I remember that's a very old show. Very very old. It's really. Right? It's like, I don't remember what it was from, like the 70s or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, it, you replace every part. By the time you replace all these parts, it's not the same person anymore, right? At what point does it not become a new person? So it's the same thing. You make holes in the thing. If you had all those holes at the same time, it would have been one big hole. Instead, you kept replacing. So we asked that question. And Rabbi Yochanan said, Rabbi, you already taught us this, said Rabbi. That said Rabbi Yochanan. Um, uh, back to uh, uh, back to Chizkiah. He said, "You already taught us this because sandal If you have a sandal that one of its straps broke off, it used to have two straps, right? One of it broke off, and you fixed it. So midras, it will still be tame for midras. Tame midras means that if a zav used the shoe, you know, it will become it will become avatumah, very severe tumah, for, because he leans his whole weight on it. Okay, But then, if the second strap breaks. And you fix it, you replace it, okay? So then it becomes Torah, it's not going to be. Mina Midras, Magam Midras, but it's going to be Tamei as if it touched Midras. Now, there's a discussion of why that is, but basically it's, it's no longer the original sandal, but it's as if it touched itself, so to speak. In other words, it has the derivative 
of the original Tum'ah, but not the primary Tum'ah because it's not considered the original sandal. It's almost as if the original sandal had contact with the sandal. So it's like secondary, but it's not the original Tum'ah. The point is it's not the same shoe. But that's the main point. It's not the same shoe. That it has a derivative Tum'ah. There's a whole discussion among the commentaries why that is that it has any Tum'ah. Maybe it should have none. But the point is it's not the original shoe because you change the two straps. And you told us, Rabbi Yochanan is saying to his teacher, Why is it that when you take only the first strap, it doesn't remove the Tum'ah? Because the second strap is still there. So basically you could still wear it because it's still functional. But But the same thing is true with the second strap. In other words, when you took away the first, the first strap broke, right? So the second strap was still there. You replaced the first strap and there was never a time that the shoe couldn't be used because the first strap... When it was being replaced, there was still the second strap there. Then when the second strap broke, the first strap was there. So there was never a time that there, was, there were two straps broken. So what's the problem? He said, It's the same idea. means It's a new entity. In other words, the first, when, you, when the first strap broke and you had the second strap, it didn't lose its tum'ah that it had from Azav wearing it because that's still the original sandal. Now that you put a, the second strap also broken, you put a new one, that's a totally new thing now. Panim chadashot ba'ulakan. It's a totally new thing because these, both of these straps were not from the original item. Okay? So too, what are we saying? If you make a hole in the kli, and you make a hole the size of a zayit, an olive, and another hole the size of a zayit, and, and each time you're plugging it, and in the end you have an entire section of that uh, clay that is totally refurbished, okay? Panim chadashot ba'ulakan. It's not the same thing as you had before. It's a new thing, okay? So, that, like, if you keep replacing parts in a car, how long is it really the original car? You know, some of these people have these, like, classic cars. The only thing classic about it is the outside of it, but probably they replaced all the parts a million times. It's old cars, you know? So the same thing. Is it really the same car? That, that it's saying, not really. If you took everything and you replaced it, panim chadashot ba'ulakan. So it says, the Kareya said about Rabbi Yochanan, let den bar inash. This is not a human being. He didn't mean it in a negative way. He meant this guy is like an angel. He's a genius. He's amazing. Right? Figure that out. Some people say something which is nicer. Uh, it, it sounds nicer, but actually it's an indictment of us. This is a real person. Meaning anyone else, like this is a true human being who's able to answer this question. Everyone else is lower. Right? In the first one, he's saying he's above a human. A human can't answer this question, but he can, he's great. The second one, he's saying that's a real human. Everyone else is lower than that. Right? But yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that's, uh, that's Rabbi Shem Bar Yochai. Yeah. But the, um, but the point is that he figured this out and the same thing could apply here. Right? Panim chadashot ba'ulakan. So we have three cases. We have the case of the vessel that gets punctured. We have the case of the, um, of the, uh, of the sandal. And our original case was the fence. In other words, if you take a piece of the fence off and you put a new, you take a piece off and you put new, you take a piece off and put new, it's a new fence. It's a new section of fence. It's not the original fence anymore. And even though you didn't remove it all at once and put it all in at once, essential, so there was never a time that it was breached. The, the chidush here is that you don't have to have a time where all the parts were missing. You just have to have that all the parts are new. That's, that's, a, that's a simplistic way to put it. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. It doesn't have to be that there was a time that all those old parts were not there at the same time. It's just that at, in, in the final analysis right now, everything in front of you is new. So you can re-enclose the area in that way and say this is no longer a field. Now it is a, uh, a backyard or something for, 
for leisure strolling or whatever. So now Rav Kana says, If you have a big section, and we've learned about these chavot before, these are the air back lots behind the houses, not the area that the house opens to, because the house opens to, it's called the chatzer, the thing that the house opens to, and that's what everybody uses. The back lots were not usually used for any... Uh, and, yeah, like if, in the pictures that we saw, in the pictures that they have, it looks like they put junk there and whatever. You know, it's like not used. So in that, if it's a big area, even if it's enclosed, if it's a small area then the, and it's enclosed, you can always carry in a small area enclosed. But we were saying if it's as big as a bit more than bits of time, it's more than 70 and two-thirds amot square. So now you have the rule of karpif. You won't be able to use it if it's not lidiran. This is not considered lidiran because you don't use it for any practical purpose. However, Rav Nachman is always trying to fix all the situations. So just like he said before, you could fix the fence in order to re-establish the identity of the place. He says the same thing here. If you open a door, like let's say the, the back of the house was never open to this lot, so it was never used. Okay, now you, op- you make a door and the door leads from the house into the back lot. Okay, so that's different. So all of a sudden you're making that back lot like a, uh, a, 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 a sort of like uh, offshoot of the house. And that's okay. The opening will allow it. In other words, the fact that now it's an extension of the dira of the house, the dwelling of the house are going to use the backyard now. So that's, that's different. Now, but that will only work if you made the door of the house that leads to that area before you enclosed it. But right, But if you, if, if you had this enclosed already as a garbage area, okay, storage area, and now you make a, an opening in the back of your house, since the, it goes by the enclosure, like we saw before, in order to repurpose it, you have to actually dismantle parts of the enclosure and put it back. You can't open a, a door to it because opening a door to it is not changing the enclosure. It's, it's talui, it's dependent upon the enclosure and what the intent was of enclosing. So the enclosure has to be changed. So it's saying you have to have made the door from the back of the house into this area and then enclosed it in order to show that that enclosure was done with the intent of making it uh, usable by the residents of the house. Okay, but that should be obvious. The Gemara says, If you open a door to this back lot and then you enclose it, so then obviously you did it in order to make it like another backyard. So why is that? Why does he have to tell you that? It says, says, It's obvious. The difference is that if there is Now Rashi says, means it is a threshing area. There was a work area back there. Like It would be like if you had like a workshop. Okay, nowadays, like people use their garage, they have like their saw and their this, and you know, they use it as a work area. Maybe you used it, they're talking about a goren, they're talking about a threshing area for grain, okay? But we could imagine a work area. It wasn't a dwelling area where people sit or eat or converse or anything like that. These are actions of dwelling, okay? It was a work area. So you might say that since it has, you might think that even though he has a door from the back of his house into this area, it wasn't for dwelling. It was so he could easily access his work area. He didn't want to have to go around the front to get to his work area. Okay, but it doesn't make, so when he enclosed it, he was just enclosing his work area. It wasn't really enclosing the, uh, the for dira. So it says, however, kamashmalan, it comes to tell you that no, don't think that. Don't assume just because it was a work area that when he made a door from his house to that work area and he enclosed it, he only meant to enclose his work area. No, he he's, has intent now to make it also a sitting area, an area where people can, uh, can, can use for a type of dwelling, and that's why 
it can repurpose area. What happens if you had an area that was more than a than the maximum? So it was seventy two, more than seventy and two thirds amas squared. It was seventy one amot squared, whatever. And it was zukaf It was supposed to be a backyard. It was supposed to be a. Um, a, a, a strolling area, a resting area, whatever it was, some kind of a, a for human residence. And what happened was it got flooded with water, it filled up with water. So now obviously you can't really use it very easily because it's got water there. So the rabbis originally thought, well, once it gets, once there's water in there and you can't really do any dwelling actions, so maybe we should say that like you can't really, um, you can't really call that a dwelling anymore. Even it's it's more like zraim, it's more like a field or a swamp. You could walk through there, but you wouldn't be able to carry more than dalamot in there anymore. Amaluhu of Abba of Abba, and what does it say in the small Zion here that I have? Oh, it says Akwa. Where do you see? How come I don't see it here? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I see in the Masorah Tashas on the top. Achua. It's the brother of Dirav, brother of Mishashia. Achiamrina Mishmei Dirav. This is what it says in the Rava. Maim. Water is like plants, meaning it's like trees. Like we said before, an area that has trees is different than an area that has seeds. Something that's planted as like a field, you can't call it a dwelling area. You can't call it a residential area, but you could call a place that has trees. And water is considered something that is not contradictory to dwelling. Amar said he qualified the Torah. He said, oh, we come to Amud Bet, that's only if it is potable water, Rashi says. He says, that you could drink it because it's good the person will sit there and he'll take a drink out of the water while he's sitting there it's great okay? it's got to be good water however so if the Poland spring truck gets in an accident right in front of your house and all of this delicious potable water fills up your backyard and now you can drink it so there you that, that's uh that, that, that would be a case where it's, it's good. Now, but if it's not potable water, so how could you say that's an area that's, uh, that's dwelling worthy? Nobody's going to sit there and eat there with water on all over, right? Now, so, Amar Avashi, The way that Rashi explains this means that that's only true if the deep area of the water is, is not a, a bit satayim in its own right. In other words, if you had a very, very large area and, in the ver- and a whole section of that area, 70 and let's say 71 square amount of that area was in deep water, so that would become like a separate section already. It wouldn't, right? So, so as she says, he says, right? so, so because it remo- if it's 10 tvachim deep, so then it's already, and I was talking about 10 tvachim deep of water, it's pretty deep, it's three feet, of, three feet high water. If there's a large area that's three feet of water, three feet high water, you can't really call that a dwelling area anymore. But it says, Belav miltahi. The Gemara says it's not true. It would just be like if you had large mounds of fruit in the back of, of the yard. In other words, since it's drinkable water, so the fact that it's very high, it's no problem. I don't have to bend down as low to drink it. It's not, not a problem. It's not going to mivatil the status of a residential enclosure just because there's water. And even though, and, and the Gemara rejects Ravashi and says, Veloi, it's not true, but there's no rule that the deep water has to be only a small area. Even if there's a lot of deep water filling the, the backyard and it's 71 square amot is just water, and I only have a little bit of my enclosure left where I can sit and I can drink from this water, then uh, no problem. Uh, it says, There's a complicated setup here. There's a complicated setup here. 
So basically what you had was you had on one side a riverbank. Okay? From that riverbank, that riverbank you could walk through Shvil Shel Kramim, which is a path in between the vineyards. Now that path between the, in between the vineyards is actually walled on three sides because the riverbank is over here at the bottom, let's say. Let's imagine a, a, a map. Right at the bottom, is a, the riverbank is... A wall on the two sides of the Shvil Shel Kamim of this uh, of this path, it are you know enclosed with with vineyard stuff, okay, and then that feeds into it says into the um, into the 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 back lot of the house, right? It's the back lot of the house, okay, and the back lot of the house feeds into the mavoy of the uh, that goes into the street. Okay, so it's like, it's three sections. I, they must have a picture here, but it's three sections. Section number one is the Shvil Shel Kramim. Yeah, I like my colored pictures, though. You like your black and white pictures. I don't know, I like the colored pictures. Yeah, so he says, he says um, he say, one side is, oh, here we go, yeah. This nice colored picture here, see? Look, so I mean, it's going to be hard to see it, but basically over here is the riverbank. You have a path from the riverbank. Then you have a back lot of these houses. And then you have the Mavoy, and then you have the street. So you could go from the street down the Mavoy into the back lot behind these houses, into this path of uh, vineyard, all the way into the riverbank. From the, it's like a straight path through. So the problem is, okay, even if the Mavoy has whatever proper corrections it has to allow you to carry, it opens to the back lot. And the back lot opens to the Shvil Shal Now. There's no problem of enclosure because actually the riverbank provides enclosure on one side. And the sides of the shvil of the, uh, of the path are enclosed. And the back lot is enclosed. And the mavoy is also, right? And except the end that feeds into the shutarabim. So on the sides you're enclosed. On the bottom side where the riverbank is, it has a high riverbank. So it's enclosed too. So that's not the issue. The issue is that the back lot is not made It's not really made for residential purposes and it's too big. That's, that's the issue. Well, she says that that's the issue that's being discussed here. He says, it says, what should we do? And that Rashi explains. So, Abai said, what should we do? Now Rashi explains what was the question. He says, Really, because this back lot is very large, Okay, it prohibits the mavoy and everything else because it isn't designed for dira. It's not enclosed for uh, for dwelling purposes, and it's too big. It's bigger than a bit time. It's bigger than seventy and two thirds amot square. So that is a prohibited area. The shvil shel really should be okay by itself, and the uh, and the path between the vineyards and the mavoy should be okay by itself. The problem is that they open to this area which is not enclosed. For dwelling, it's a back lot, and it's a very big back lot. So that that's the difficulty. So Abai says, "What can we do to change it?" Because before we talked about dismantling walls and putting them back up. So what are we going to do here? Because there's no real wall. I mean, it, it it it's the sides are fixed, right? And then and and going all the way back, and the riverbank is the is one end. So what are we going to do? So Abaye says, One possibility is to add a mechitza to the riverbank. In other words, it's all one entity now. So what we can do is put an additional uh, wall on the riverbank. The riverbank is already 10 tvachim high. We're going to put another wall there and say, we're repurposing this whole thing for residential use. Okay? That's one possibility. 
But he says, It won't work because you can't just add mechitza to mechitza like we saw before. When we wanted to repurpose the enclosure, we don't just tell you to add bricks to it. We say you have to tear it down and put something new. You're not going to tear down the riverbank. So just adding something isn't going to work. He says, maybe we should make a tzuatapetach, a door frame, at the doorway uh, in between the back lots and the path that goes to the river. Right? We can make a tzuatapetach there. So that's like, uh, it's like it's adding a, 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 an enclosure. You're like re-enclosing because that's the border between the back lot. And you'll say, when I'm adding this enclosure, I have in mind that I'm now saying this is all residentially purposed, okay? Problem is a practical problem because there's traffic there from large things. The big animals, the camels that come through to go to the river, apparently they use this back lot as the way to go and they would knock down any tzuat It wouldn't be high enough. So they said that won't work. So Ella Amar Bayel Leavid Lechi Apidchadish Vilshul Krami the Migod. I guess the thought couldn't be tall enough. I don't know. Amar Bayel Leavid Lechi Apidchadish Vilshul Krami the Migod the Mahanyalish Vilshul Krami. Manenami Uchavai. He said, "What you can do is put a lechi there. Just put a, 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 a vertical board, just like it would work for the Vilshul Krami. Meaning it would make it like its own mavoi." It would make it like its own mavoi in a way, that the path, right? Because it's already closed on three sides, the path of the, of the vineyard. So you're almost like making it its own mavoi, putting a lechi there. And by putting a lechi there, you're also saying about, you're having in mind simultaneously that the area it opens to, which is this back lot, is also being repurposed as a residential area and therefore it doesn't pose a problem to the rest of the system there. That's what Abaye suggested to do. But they didn't like that. Okay, so... Uh, so, that people will think that you can do that with any path that goes to the river. And it's only unique to this case because this river is enclosed on three sides, this path. And that's why you're allowed to put a lechi there and it's like a mavoi. But in other cases, you can't just put a lechi if it's open wide on both sides. You wouldn't be able to do that. People will get confused. What we do is we put a lechi at the opening to the mavoi, meaning where the back lot meets the mavoi. That's where we should put a lechi to show a distinction. And basically what we do is that way is that just like the lechi works to qualify the mavoi and say that you're allowed to carry in the mavoi, it also will be simultaneously saying, I am, it's like adding something to the structure. So by adding something to the structure on that end, instead of adding something to the structure in between the path that leads to the river and the back lot, you're adding something to the structure in between the back lot and the mavoi. And, there, and when you add something new that has significance, since it has halachic significance because it makes them avoid a place that you're allowed to carry, it also can be used to make a statement that we are newly enclosing this back lot with intent for residential use. That's the idea. And then it says, Hilkach taltulei b'mata gufa sharei, right? Taltulei b'archavar gufa sharei. So it says you can definitely then carry in the Mavoy because it has everything that it needs. And you can also carry in the back lot because it has everything that it needs too. But the only problem is, what about carrying from the back lot back and forth from the Mavoy? Are they still considered two separate areas or not? Because normally what opens to a Mavoy? A Chatser, not a, not a back lot. A back lot is different. So there you have you have two opinions. 
The one that says that the back lot, you can carry from the back lot into the Mavoy, it's no problem, says, well, listen, nobody uses the back lot. So it's not like when you have a Chatzer that opens to a Mavoy, and that Chatzer did not participate in the Mavoy in any way, then the people from that Chatzer are not allowed to use the Mavoy, and in fact, they make the Mavoy prohibited to everyone. But here, there's nobody who uses this back lot. But it's behind the houses. Those are not people. No, it's, it's saying that it has to be for use, for like use, not just for passage, right? For, for use. So, so it says you, you, you can't, so therefore they're not going to, so the, and that's, and because of that, it doesn't prohibit them avoid. Sometimes it will turn out that people do end up starting to use it and starting to claim it as their own. Maybe they'll build another house there that opens to this uh, back lot or something like that. And since there's a concern that this area could end up being a residential area that opens to the Mavoy, you shouldn't carry from the residential area to the Mavoy unless, I guess, the people who are using that, uh, have that back lot, join in with the, with the Mavoy and the Shitufe Mavoot. Then it would seem like that would correct the problem because then you, whoever is in that area is joining together, then it would be okay. But without that, they wouldn't be able to because of the rabbinic rule that the, an area that is not a part of the Mavoy officially cannot, uh, you know, can, you can't carry from it into, into the Mavoy. And then one more thing it asks is, uh, if you have this very large enclosed area, not for residential purposes, what if you, you don't want to repurpose it by taking down the enclosure and putting it back. You just want to make it smaller so that it's under the uh, 70 and two thirds ama rule. You don't want to make it smaller. So, so, you can't use trees because we said before trees, trees will not change the status either way. But, you have to make like a, um, uh, a, uh, a pillar that is 10 fachim high and four wide and that diminishes the space. In other words, if you put pillars there, I mean, I guess you, it would depend how many you need to diminish it, but however, however large it is, but you could diminish it with that. If it's too low, it won't take away because people will just walk over it. So it's all considered one area. If it's from three to four tvachim high, there you have a machloket. Rabbah says that's good enough. Okay? Because because anything more than three tvachim, we always say is like not fl- flush with the ground. However, but if it is not, um, if you don't have uh, uh, a um, if you don't have a da- the level of dalid, you need four tfachim for it to be significant. So again, they're trying to discuss how you would come in and you would basically try to put additional stuff around the outside, let's say, of the uh, karpif in order to cut down the area. So the area is, uh, let's say, you have like stone walls. You can't you can't dismantle them and re replace them or. Or anything like that. So you have to deal with the size as it is, but you want to make it carryable on Shabbat. So you would have to cut down the total area inside. Again, it says, So if you, uh, if you uh, want to put an additional uh, wall around, okay, to say that now I'm, uh, now I'm re-enclosing it with a different purpose. You don't want to take down the original one. You want to enclose inside. If it's four, if it's four uh, tfachim away from the original wall, fine. That's really a new enclosure. Okay? But if it's, with, if it's not, okay, if it's pachot migil lo if it's within three tfachim of the original enclosure, then it's just an extension of that. But migil vadalid, rabba amar ho'il, rabba amar lo'o, enomai. 
רבא אמר הואיל דן אפיק להם בתורת לבוד, רבא אמר אינו מועיל כיוון זהבי מקום דלת לא חשיב. So basically the point is that similar concept, you wanted to, there are multiple ways that you can change a karpif to be allowed to carry on Shabbat. One is to cut down the size uh, so that it's not over the 70 and two thirds amah requirement of a non-residential enclosure, that you have to have a significant entities filling the space to really show that you diminish the space, not things that you can just easily step over. And the other possibility is to re-enclose it with a new intent that you want to have a residential intent. But then if you just put a fence around where the, exactly where the original fence was, it won't work because it'll just be considered, if it's within three tfachim for sure, it's just considered like blended in. It's not going to be new. If it's more than four tfachim away, then for sure it is considered to be a new enclosure. You're cutting down the size also a little bit, but you're making a new enclosure. If it's between three and four, so then you have a machloket. Do we say that as long as it's out of that three range, it's good enough? Or no, it has to be a significant distance even more than, uh, there has to be a significant distance apart. So between three and four tfachim is the difference between three, tf- the, under three tfachim is considered like one entity already. Over three is already considered separate, but it might not be considered a significant distance. A significant distance is four, and therefore that's why you have a machloket. You have to go all the way to four rather than three. But Bezor Hashem will continue with this discussion tomorrow.